Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today, we're going to not talk about authority sites, actually. We're going to talk about agency stuff and consultancy stuff because the truth is we didn't start building authority sites just after we graduated or even just after we quit our jobs. What we did with Mark is we actually created an agency that we grew for the past four years. And actually, Mark is with me on that podcast. How's it going, Mark? Hey, good. I think it was about four and a half years, actually. But yeah. Yeah. So we've done that for a while. And actually, that started as just us trying to pay our bills here in Budapest. And we actually, you know, shared an apartment. And I remember walking on the sofa and you were walking on the dinner table, essentially. But it grew to actually a team of over 30 people eventually. And we sold our agency... uh, like in early 2014, actually. So we we didn't quit the game very long ago. We started authority sites before that, but we have had an income stream from agency and we haven't talked too much about it. And I know that a lot of our listeners either work in online marketing and are thinking of like starting their own thing to make some money, or they already are freelancers, or they already have a small agency, or they're just wondering if it's a good idea. And we actually have more experience still in agency than we have in authority sites at this point. So I think it's cool that we talk about it. And we actually know a lot of people who run agency and one-man consultancies that wanted us to share experience. So let's just start with why this is actually a good idea as a business and, and, and why would one consider doing that Maybe as a buffer thing before running your own sites. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So first of all, to say there's advantages and disadvantages to to running an agency, consultancy, whatever you want to call it. And I think that both Gail and I, having having been through it for four and a half years, perhaps you know, are maybe a bit jaded by it, and uh, yeah, we may we may come across as saying it's it's an, a negative thing. But I think it's good that we start start with this because there are many positives to it as well. And the, the first one really, I, I guess the reason we did it is because it was easy to get into. It was easy to start. And more importantly, it was easy to start making a decent, you know, a livable salary off of it. I mean, I, I think mean, for any anything, when you sell your time, it's easier to make money than when you sell like ebooks or any kind of affiliate offers. And it's usually a little bit harder to sell than just saying, hey, I'm just going to do that for you. It's very easy to just come up with services and, you know, kind of like pivot and change if you if it doesn't work out. Whereas if you're building like a service or software or something, it's very quite, it's quite difficult to actually change what you're selling, you know? Exactly. And even even before we started the agency, I was selling my time. I was working on uh, what, what was then Odesk, now Upwork, as a just website project manager. But and that that's the same thing essentially i was freelancing this was just you know like a level above it start starting the agency but i think the reason we we got into it was because we saw there was not massive but like a decent amount of money to be made there and it would enable us to quit our jobs and like do something and build something that we owned so it was like quick way to yeah absolutely so it's a freedom thing and we knew 
just because of the previous work we'd done, like bits and pieces. Like looking back, we really didn't know that much back then, but we knew enough to sound like we knew what we were talking about. Yeah, I mean, just to give some context. So Mark was a project manager building websites on Odesk, on Upwork. He was just a, a for-hire project manager specializing in, in building websites. And I was actually an account manager in, in an SEO agency where I just ran SEO campaigns and and, and and did that kind of stuff. So, you know, together it was a pretty good skill combo. And uh, we had a little bit of experience in the industry, but, you know, we didn't have much experience selling. We didn't, it's like I was an account manager, but it wasn't like I was running everything in a company and so on. Same with you, you just were given missions and paid per hour, essentially. So we had to figure a lot out, actually. Yeah, I mean, most of, or a lot of the first six months was really just figuring out how to do stuff and kind of, improvising in many cases and and kind of just figure, figuring things out because you know well, we that's really, what starting a business is you know yeah absolutely and i think my point there is though it's quite i don't want to say easy because it certainly took lots of time and, and effort but it's certainly very doable to do that as an agency or as a as a consultancy because you can kind of bullshit your way a little bit <laughs> um, I know this sounds sounds bad, but it's absolutely this is what business is essentially, guys. <laughs> absolutely the truth. Most of the people you're working with don't have a clue about online marketing. Yeah. So even if you have a bit of a clue, in most cases, you can you know way more than everyone else. I must say that it's something that really struck me in working as an agency is even like online marketing directors and stuff in really big companies have no freaking idea what they're doing. They're just in, oh, it's an absolute joke. I they're mean, reading Mars and they're just doing what they read there last week, and then they change the strategy next week when they publish another blog post. Essentially, yeah. Um, so but, maybe maybe that's another option. Like if you don't want to start an agency, you can <laughs> become a marketing director at a big but, company. But in terms of the pros, to get back to the pros, it's one thing that I found really striking when we started is all it took us to really get started is. Buying five hundred dollars of tools to do like the rank tracking and the reporting and a few things, but with five hundred bucks and our time and a laptop each, we were ready to start and we were ready to offer services. It's like there's so many things that don't require much. I mean, if you're thinking now like optimizing Google My Places pages for local businesses, like you could sell that for a hundred bucks, it wouldn't be very difficult. And literally, this takes 15 minutes, and all you have to do is have a, a Chromebook or even you could do that on an iPad if you really wanted to get started. You could make your first thousand bucks on an iPad and buy a laptop from that and get started from there. You really don't need any resources almost. And that's also what got us started because we were like 20 somethings. I arrived in Hungary, I had 600 euros in my bank account, and I don't think you had very much either. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's, uh, I think that's definitely a pro. Well, another pro is, that a lot of the work that you will sell is outsourceable pretty easily on sites like Odesk, I mean, Upworks now, or like Elance and that kind of stuff. Obviously, you need to know what you're doing and you need to be the project manager here. So it doesn't mean that you will have no work, but it means that the grunt work, it's not very difficult to outsource things like doing local citations, doing basic link building, doing social media management, whatever you're selling as an agency, these very basic tasks, it's you can hire someone at 7 or $8 an hour that can do that in an all right way. And you could be charging 20 or $30 an hour as an agency and just making the margin. Obviously, as I said, it's still work. You still need to manage these people. You need to make sure the 
what is done is done properly. And most importantly, you need to be the face of the agency in front of the client, which does take an incredible amount of time. And we're going to get into that, into the cons of running this kind of business. But it's pretty easy to arbitrage a lot of small tasks at an agency. And, and we've done that quite a lot when we run an agency, actually. Yeah, and this is especially true if you live somewhere like London or New York and you can go meet your clients face-to-face, then that's a kind of like even more value that you can provide just by talking to them face-to-face rather than on the phone. A lot of people, especially older people, just prefer that way of working. Yeah. So you can obviously charge a lot more than that than if you're doing it all remotely. Yeah, and because we actually had an office in Hungary and we had pretty affordable rates just because, well, we were in a cheaper country, a lot of other agencies would literally just outsource work to us and we just do the work and they just do the, the facing the client stuff. And that's how we got a lot of our business as an agency, actually. So if you really have no geographical tie or something and you're able to move in a cheap country, it's quite easy to recruit people there, build something that's a little bit more solid than what you would get up from Upwork, for example, that other agencies can trust and just resell that, like have them resell that work and just they make their profit, but you can still make a decent profit because of the difference of salaries between where you are and what they are. And everyone wins, you know, and that's a and very easy way to get a lot of works. Like we got people send us tens of thousands of dollars after talking to us on Skype from other agencies, right? Yeah, and, and you'd be amazed because like there's a whole chain of activity goes on here. Like there's a an agency will outsource to us and another agency's outsourced to that agency <laughs> and that client's working with the other agency on top. So you know it's it's kind of like going through four different people here, which yeah. presents its own sets of problems, but it just sort of highlights how much there's four middlemen then you know, there's a lot of people making money off of this client. And, yeah. Uh, the funny part is when we had like an agency outsourced to us and we had the client of this agency also outsourced to us for like kind of like similar tasks so that they wanted to compare and stuff and we would end up with all the work anyway. That did happen a few times actually. If you bought a guest post between 2012 <laughs> and 2013, there's a probably like a 50% chance that we built it for you. Yeah, at some point we create, we were doing over 700 guest posts for months on, with our team. It was insane, actually. Over a thousand some months. I think. Yeah, it's it was crazy. We really owned a lot of that market for a while. But another pro to running this kind of agency business is that when you run an authority site, you kind of need to master the whole chain of events, right? You need to master the content creation, then you need to master the process of driving traffic to it, then you need to master the process of converting that content. And if you're actually providing the service, if you're not affiliating or if you're not doing advertising, then you also need to like fulfill the product or the service that you're selling. So that's a lot of things to to be good at when you're starting. Whereas when you sell online marketing services, you could be good at just one thing. Like for example, for us, as we just said, that was guest posting. It's like, we actually were really bad at monetizing traffic back then, but we were really good at ranking websites. And that allowed us to to, to just sell that one skill and, and make money of that. And eventually, you know, with that money, we actually built our sites, etc., which we're going to get into in a little bit. But it's a much easier way to get started and just to master one part of the, the process, get good at it, improve your skills, and get paid to improve your skills, actually. I think that was a pretty good one. Do you have anything to say about that? No. Okay. And finally, I think a good case for that business model is that it's a great bridge between 
quitting your job and leaving off your sites. I think a lot of people are visualizing this this process of like, oh my God, I'm going to build a site and in three months it's going to make enough money for me to leave off it and I'm just off my job. Well, usually it takes a little bit more time than that, especially when it's your first venture. Like now when we start websites, it goes a lot faster and you know the people that we know that you know start new websites, it goes a lot faster because we have the experience. But if you don't have it, then... The truth is it could take a year, it could take a year and a half, it could take two years by the time you can actually make a full-time living, a comfortable full-time living from your website. And in that time, you'll still be too busy to kind of run a job, so you can't really have a full-time job, but you also need some kind of injection of money coming over time. So it's either going to come from savings that you've made while you have a job, job sorry, or it's going to come from freelance work and gigs on the side, etc. And online marketing services is a great way to build that side income while you're actually building up your more passive income streams. I think I know a lot of people, and a lot of people in Authority Hacker Pro are doing that. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing. that They're building it up, and over time, their income is growing. But, yeah, it does take time. And, and I, I, Yeah. I somewhat disagree with this. I, I just think the phrasing of it's wrong. So okay. you say it's a good bridge. It's it's a bridge, but it's it's a less risky bridge, yeah, okay. or it can be perceived as a less risky bridge. So a lot of people, if you have a full time job and you just want to like start building an authority site, and you know it could take a year before you start making decent money off of it, that's quite risky because there's a year of your life you're not making any money. And okay, you have savings, but you know, what if it doesn't work, et cetera, et cetera, versus you go into running an agency or consulting business, you can start making decent money, you know, in one, two months quite easily. I mean, it depends how you do your sales and marketing and stuff, I guess, but it, it's feasible to do that. And so then you're only, there could be like a couple months when you're really not making much money. But and as we'll get into in the next section, the case against doing this, it can actually delay your long-term goal if, it, if that's to, to start authority sites. Because there's a, I mean, I call it the agency trap, but there's a bit of a, a time sucker, a time suck. I don't know if, what the right phrase for that is. It, it can take a lot, of, a lot of time and distract you a lot from your, your, your actual goals. So that's my point. Yeah, I mean, actually, let's just jump into the case against that. So the case for that is essentially, well, it's easy money, essentially. But the case against that is, well, yeah, as I said, even though you can outsource stuff, dealing with clients can be extremely time-taking. I remember a client that I had to call every week on Friday, and literally some of these calls would last two hours. I wouldn't get paid for it or anything. It's just like if I wanted to maintain that client... I just had to explain every single little bit to him. And obviously, that wasn't a great client. But there's a lot of clients in this industry, but there's not a lot of great clients. And a lot of clients. I'd say most clients are pretty terrible, too. Exactly. Honest. So it's like, you know, you'll get them to pay the bills and, and the money will come in, but it's going to take a lot of time. And it's sometimes very difficult to get them good results, even though, you know, with our sites, we do it pretty easily. Like now we only work on our sites. I'm like, oh my God, like I can't believe the results we get compared to what we got for clients. And that's because they have certain requests. So they want to verify everything or they don't like this or they don't want to do something, etc. And as a result, it kind of cripples your entire strategy. So not only it is much more difficult to get results for people, but it also takes like 10 times the time. And I can see, yeah, I can see it. people that I know that run agencies really struggling with that. Uh, like, yeah, it is. A classic, classic example of this is we had one client who 
he wanted his, I think it was like a landing page or something designed in a specific way that he liked the look of. And it, it was just like, he liked it. But a lot of what he wanted was very counter to something which converts well. Like no and so Yeah. So we made the point like, do you want to make money off of this or do you want it to look good? And like, that's a pretty sort of harsh question to ask a client, but it was a, it was, we felt it would make it like a big difference to his bottom line. He's like, I'd prefer it to look good. And that's, that's when we stopped walking. So, <laughs> like, there's, there are people out there that, that think like that and, or, or can't think like, like they're running a proper business and you're going to have to deal with that. And not only is it frustrating to work with, but it's actually, because six months down the line after they make these decisions when your campaign isn't doing so well because they've said, well, I don't want to make money on this or whatever it is, then they blame you because it's your responsibility to be the online marketing person and get results, even though they've said they've been the main roadblock in, in you achieving that. So it can be very difficult and very frustrating sometimes. And just annoying. Yeah, it's one of these things where, like, if you do well, like, we had clients fire us because they had too much to deal with, too much, too many leads to deal with. And then, if you don't do well, then you also get fired because, well, performing. It's kind of like in, a, in the agency, you kind of incentivize to be just average, which yeah. is also very frustrating, especially when, like, we're, we're so, like, optimization oriented and we like going deep, etc. I had very little occasion to do all the crazy stuff that we talk about on Tarly Hacker for clients because we would just get stuck with really, really stupid stuff, actually. Yeah, and the the incentives for... I mean, this depends on how you structure your your sort of billings, but usually you get, you'll get you do some kind of like fixed price per month, like a, a retainer kind of fee. It's quite rare that you'll have incentives tied towards achieving certain things because it, it's it can be quite difficult to sort of define those and actually judge whether or not you'll be able to achieve them. But there were times when we made clients tens of thousands of dollars in a month and they're paying us like a, a, I don't know, like a thousand dollars a month. And we would like increase the bottom line by just so much. And it was like, well, okay, cool. What, <laughs> are, we doing, what are we doing next month to, to do that even more? And so it's which it, is fair to them. I mean, that's the deal we made. Yeah, it's just a little. It can be a little draining. Yeah, uh, there's no incentive to be really good unless yeah. you make like a percentage of sales thing. But then you need to be way more involved in their business. It's a little complicated. Another thing that also takes a lot of time is sales. Actually, like selling the selling process tends to be very long, especially for small businesses. They don't understand anything about anything on online marketing. And because they don't understand anything about anything, they're not going to judge you on your past performance or like how much technical stuff you know and how many cool authority hacker tactics you've learned. They're just going to learn on how much, they're just going to base it on how much they like you essentially. And for people to like you, you need to spend a bunch of time with them. So it's, it's not uncommon to like have four, five, six, seven sales calls with companies and half of them or even more than that still fall off and never sign up with you. So you spend a lot of time making sales without getting paid as well. and that is- Yeah, and, and a, a lot of the time as well, they'll just like fade out and just, you know, yeah. take your proposal and or your several proposals and then you just won't hear from them again. To be honest, this happened more with like people I knew or like friends <laughs> of people I knew than random people, which was even, which was very strange to me, but yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I think is, is a bit of a trap in the agency thing is, once you actually get all of that rule going, so we, there's all these difficulties, but eventually you figure it out as you run things. Like if you want to make money, 
you have more of an incentive to go and get another client than start a new site because getting another client to pay you two or three grand a month is not that hard as an agency. But building a site that makes three grand a month, it can be like six to eight months of quite a bit of work. Uh, then it's passive and then it's great. But getting a new client that pays this much could take like two weeks, three weeks. Yeah, so, you you kind of get that like, I don't know, living in the moment kind of mentality as it were. So you're massively disincentivized to start sites and put in all the effort, which, you know, you're really not getting paid much, if anything, for the first, you know, what, six months, eight months. It yeah. depends on the, the site and stuff, obviously. But uh, yeah, as Gail said, it's so like once you get this going, it's so easy to like get two or three new clients that pay you, you know, one, two, three grand a month. You yeah, know? exactly. Getting an extra 10K revenue, it's like, I was like, oh, okay, I'll do it this month. And then, and then it, it wasn't so difficult. I mean, obviously, then you have to deal with clients dropping off, et cetera, as, as you age and stuff, but it's, it is pretty easy. And so it, it kind of like kills the incentive to actually start your businesses and like your real businesses. And you end up kind of like trapped in that model. And I think that's why we ended up doing this for four years. I, I think in our mind, we wish we did it a lot less long. I, I wish we just did that like a year and a half or something and moved on. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think one of the reasons why we, we got it going so long is because for us, we, we hired a lot of people full time yeah. and we got like an office and we, we became like a real company. I, I mean, we're always a real company. Yeah, that like, was a real company, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like this kind of, this, this entity that has a kind of like yeah, responsible heart, for heartbeat, and stuff. heartbeat of its own. Yeah. And like, if you have 10 freelancers working for you in an Odesk or Upwork, you can just, you know, stop working with them tomorrow. It's not, not yeah. a big deal. It's a button but to click. If you have 30 people and a two year lease in your office, it's like, well, there's massive costs to stopping this, really. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so yeah, it's but like yeah, just to say it's something that is a good idea, but like maybe not a good idea. That is an idea, but like we stayed way too long in that market, I think. And to be honest, we just got out out of frustration of like not being able to do what we wanted. But if we didn't have this frustration and didn't have this will to actually push the models further, and if we didn't actually start health ambition back then, we'd probably still be running that agency right now. Yep. Another thing that is makes it very difficult to actually start your own sites when you run an agency is kind of like you know the the barista syndrome. You know, it's like you're like, oh, if I see another coffee today, I'm gonna kill someone or something. Well, after your day at the agency, the the thing you say is, if I see another website today, I'm gonna kill someone. And as a result, because you've been working on your clients' sites all day, as a result, like the last thing you want to do after you're done with your job is go and walk on your website. And as a result, things take way longer than they should because, well, you've kind of like, there's this... You this burn theory. yourself out, really. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's this theory where, you know, you can only make a certain number of decisions per day. And that's why Mark Zuckerberg, for example, wears the same clothes all the time, so he doesn't have to think about that. Well, I think you just burn it all out, especially when it's about the same topic, by midday running your agency and then after that it's like there's no will anymore and i think house ambition was very slow initially or a lot because of that we didn't actually touch it for several months sometimes there was still come going out and stuff some people were yeah. taking care of that but you know nothing was happening other than I that i remember like back for the sort of four and something years we were running an agency at the start we worked like really hard all day all night kind of thing then as we got going it evolved into more of this like 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. kind yeah. of routine. And then after that, I would just go home. Then I went like, to Thailand. <laughs> play play video games or go to the pub 
that was kind of like a normal evening. Whereas now, like in the last year, almost every every night during the week at least, it's like I'm working doing shit till 2 a.m. Just because, okay, maybe I start a little bit later, but it's just because it's much more, feels much more rewarding even though the the actual revenue coming in is it's certainly starting to build quite nicely right now actually but initially it, it wasn't but like i felt like this is i felt much more ownership of what i was doing and i felt like this is actually something which can really make a lot of money in the long run and it felt like something that was worth working towards i think one thing that is really good is when you run an agency, what's something that's really frustrating is that you can put your heart into a project and you can go really at it and so on. But at the end of the day, the client can still choose to end the contract, either at the end of the term that you've selected with them, or for us, it was a month-to-month thing. So like actually every month, the clients could choose to stop paying and stop using us. And so it was really frustrating. We were like, well, I, I, it was not an incentive to actually work really hard on projects as well, because... No matter how well you did, you know, if the business owner just didn't feel like it, you would lose that client. Whereas when we work on our own sites, it's like, well, this site is not going to quit on me. So I can actually put some effort into it. And I know it's going to be, you know, over the next 12, 13, like 12, 36 months or whatever, it will pay off a lot of money eventually. And that's why I think as you have this motivation. But another thing that I wanted to point out that's kind of similar to that is it didn't feel like freedom. It felt like having many buses because essentially you are still attached to the will of your few clients. I mean, unless you you have a really big agency and you have a lot, a lot of clients, when one client quits, especially if it's a big spender, it does affect your bottom line quite a lot at the end of the month. Whereas like right now, if one authority hacker pro member quits, I'm like, ah, it's like, it's not whatever, but it's, it's not, it's not going to change anything in the company that we're running. And that's is you basically the decision of one person can affect your bottom line directly. And that is a huge dependency that feels very much like having a job actually. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean there were times when we had clients who were making up well like thirty percent, forty percent, something like that of our monthly income. Like one client was. Yeah, yeah. So with that if that client or when that client quit, it was like, oh shit, you know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. And and very often for us, it was like, I don't know. I think there's kind of that survival mode when you're like not making a profit where you're kind of like grinding it back up. But for us, it was like, oh, we're making good profit. And boom, that client that generated most of the profit would quit. Uh, It's like survival mode. Let's build it back up. But it's like you kind of had to grind for survival. Whereas like for authority sites, we grind for growth. But survival is basically passive. And that's what I really like, actually. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Okay, I think we, we, we say enough bad stuff about the model now. Let's just talk about what we learned running an agency, especially stuff that can be useful in terms of transitioning away from your job and also building authority sites and more passive stuff. Do you want to start? Or? Yeah, so you have to spend money to make money. And the most important thing about that is the people you hire. Like, don't hire these kind of like $3 an hour SEO experts you'll see on from India normally on Upwork. Thank you number one for every keyword. Yeah, I mean like that kind of stuff is it's just not going to work, you know. You have to be realistic about that. It's very often it's much cheaper to hire a good person from US Western Europe kind of thing 
than it is to hire a cheap person from from Asia, for example, because they'll get more done and they'll get quality work done and you won't have to check it and you won't have to fix it and you won't have to fire them and hire other people to fix what they've done. So don't be afraid of like spending a bit more if someone's a, a freelancer to, to get um, quality of work done. And this is especially true in stuff that clients can really see. So like any reports you're doing or writing for the blog, that kind of stuff, they, they really care about that. So Yeah, I think another part as well is talking about the office, actually. So how many offices did we have? Like three? Yeah, we had three offices. So we had three offices over four and a half years, which is a pretty good turnover rate for changing office. But it is overrated, actually. We spent so much money in offices. How much would you say we spent in rents in offices? And you need to consider that this was in Budapest, which has some of the cheapest rents in Europe, which is really, really cheap. It's, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of dollars easily. I would say that it's not just the cost of rent, but it's like all these other costs that you don't think about. And we'll actually do a podcast on, you know, the merits of offices because some people may be considering these for their authority side business, say, if they're like hiring people and whatnot. But if there's a lot of hidden costs that you won't expect. Like it's not just rent, but like the utility costs can be quite high. You know, you're running a lot of computers. Electricity can be can be pretty sizable. Like cleaning and and these kind of costs. Little things like water for the water cooler, toilet paper for the bathroom. You'd be amazed how much stuff of that like that you go through when you have thirty people in there. It's really quite surprising. So yeah, yeah. I mean, even if you don't have thirty people, I think it's still it, because you have less income as well. It's still a sizable part. Of yeah, you have to buy like pens for the whiteboards and like you know cups and mugs for the kitchen and washing powder and it's just like i don't know how many like land cable like cat 5e cables we bought over the last four years but we had like a I had boxes of these things we just have a box to, around the corner yeah i just seem to need them for all sorts of things like power adapters like these kind of things you just really there's all these costs that we're running an office which you don't get from from uh, working at home and you know what the best part is Everyone was still just talking on Skype and not talking in real life. That just killed me because it's like we, there was all these cuts and eventually, like, I, I think it's just modern day. It's like people talk on Skype when they're not like right next to each other anyway. And so that shows us right now that everything can be done from a laptop, actually. If you just buy a laptop for your employees and, you know, you own it, they just give it back to you if they, if they leave or something. It's, basically way cheaper even if you buy them a macbook Air or something something that's a little bit fancy that's still way cheaper than running an office and actually people tend to like chat more and communicate quite a bit more now it's probably better to spend this kind of money into like meeting up once or twice a year and having some real meaningful meetings rather than like having permanent office space etc we haven't done shared office space i mean we've done shared office space but we rented it ourselves and then shared it ourselves we haven't done like the hot desk stuff etc but I'm not sure it's, it's, it's worth it, actually. Another thing that I wanted to talk about, and it's probably one of the last things, it's actually two things. One thing is, especially if you're in the US or in Western Europe, hiring people is very expensive, but outsourcing offices can be actually quite cheap. And, you know, Mark said don't hire the $3 people, but if you spend like $20 or $30 in like high quality people from India, for example, which we do right now for our sites for like designs and stuff, it's actually pretty good and it's still way cheaper than what you would get in the US and stuff. And if you want to outsource, 
it is the right way to do it. It's spending a lot of money, like Western money in cheaper countries is where you get the best quality work for an affordable rate rather than trying to be the cheapest, actually. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the individual, but if you spend, you know, 30 bucks an hour on like a designer from Southeast Asia, you're going to get someone really exceptional, like the same as what you'd pay $100 an hour in, in the U.S. for. So just always consider consider those options. And I think the, the last point on what we learned is that retention and upselling clients is what makes or break your business. As we said earlier, we had clients that were like up to 30% of our income. And you realize that it's much easier to you know make a client spend an extra $1,000 a month than it is to get a new client to spend a thousand dollars a month or two or three or five or ten. We have some clients that spend like uh, in the five figures a month, no problem. And so it's really about building these relationships and upselling, upselling, upselling more and more services, which we've done okay, but I think we could have done a better job at. This is what makes or break your business as a consultant more than like finding a lot, a lot of new clients all the time. Anything else to, uh, yeah, just one more thing. I think if you're, you're starting an agency as a sort of bridge to do something else, to start an authority site or, or whatever, from the start, you need to set aside a specific amount of time each day, money. each week, and a certain amount of money each day, each week, however you, you, you want to do it, to to work on, on that. Otherwise, you'll do what we did and you'll end up four and a half years later <laughs> thinking, oh shit, we should probably start doing this now, you know? Yeah. I think you should start right away. Basically, just don't delay. Just use part of your income every month to to grow what you really want to do. And and don't say like, oh, I'm going to do it next year, etc. Because you end up never doing it like we did, basically. I think that's something we learned that is quite important. All right, cool. Let's just wrap up this podcast. Basically, to wrap it up, what you learned is the agency thing or the consultancy thing is a good thing if you're a complete beginner and because you can actually master one part of a process. Usually like selling link building is a good idea. For example, for information, we were selling one guest post for between like 90 and $150 a piece. So it is pretty easy to make you know, two, $3,000 a month doing like a guest post service, for example. And it's a great way to bridge that between quitting your job and building your sites. But you still need to set some time and money apart. Make sure you start your sites. Basically, I would recommend that you almost start your sites first before you quit your job. And then a few months in when you see it's taking, in, taking off, but you'd like to spend like one third of your day on your site and then two thirds like making some money to finance everything and cut your bills. That's when I would recommend to actually start these kind of like services or agency or something like that. And finally, I would work on outsourcing as much as possible and probably not scaling it too much, not to the point to where you have 30 people like we did, but rather like to a point where you have 10, 12 clients that maybe make you like five to $10,000 a month so that you can both pay your bills, but also invest inside in your project and not be afraid of like outsourcing content, hiring designers and do all the things that will make your site grow much, much, much faster. As we said in another podcast, having a little bit of money to spend every month will make a big, big difference in the growth of your site. Anything else to add, Mark? No, that sums it up quite nice, I think. Cool. Well, thanks guys for joining. We'll see you guys in the next episode. And don't forget to subscribe if you like this podcast. Go on authorityhacker.com slash podcast and you have all the ways to subscribe. And you'll find all the other episodes of the podcast as well if you want to listen to them. And we'll see you guys in the next episode.
Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.